This is the Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support podcast. Our goal in this podcast is to provide you with information, whether you are a law enforcement officer or first responder, to help you deal with your everyday stressors. The title of today's broadcast is Surviving in a Law Enforcement Marriage. This is part two. We have with us today Tim Falk, Clinical Director for Al Leaps. We also have with us Wendy Jay, wife of retired captain for the Dothan Police Department, 31 years. And then Christine Heath, the wife of recently retired Lieutenant Scott Heath, 32-year record there. And Tim, would you lead us into this conversation about aspect of being married to an officer who's now retired? I sure will. Wendy, thank you for being here. And Christine, um, my hat's off to both of you. And uh, because when you start looking at marriages within law enforcement, divorce is the number one. It's the number one issue we're faced with. And so thank you all for being here, be able to share pearls of wisdom for our, our not only our officers on the street, but the ones that's retired. And so I'm going to throw this out at both of you and let either one of you want to start off with it. What are some pearls? What are some thoughts as far as going from on the street or in the office now to the retired section? Ooh. Um, it definitely was different. Um, we didn't have much time to think about what life as a retired police officer would be. David came home and said, I'm retiring in 30 days. I was like, oh, okay. Um, it was, he stayed home a good bit the, in the beginning and I had a nice clean house and a lot of meals cooked, but then all of a sudden he was there in the morning, at lunch, at night, there in the chair. I'm like, okay, you've got to find something to do. Like the D word is in your future and it ain't divorce. So you might need to find another job or something to do. But um, he, um, during the, some of that downtime afterwards, reflected on a lot of things that didn't get completed in his mind, unsolved crimes. And they kind of weighed heavy on him. Um, you know, I think he was a part of about 100 homicides in the Dothan area during his career. But five were unsolved, and five was all that he could think about. Um, Not the other 95 that he did Correct. Solve. Yep. So um, that was pretty hard because I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to do. You can't go back. Um, think, and he felt pretty certain that he had them solved. So that was even harder because just the, you know, hard evidence wasn't there to make the conviction, and he wouldn't. He'd rather them walk all day than go to trial and then be, you know, found not guilty and let them hang themselves, which thankfully one of those was solved recently. So that's, you know, and it was who he thought it was. But it was very heavy, very heavy for a little, those first two or three years um, of him just reflecting on that 30-year career. Christine. We're, we're, we're newbies at this. Wendy's been retired a lot longer than us. Um, honestly, the hardest thing for me is part of what she said. They're home all the time. It used to be, okay, he goes to work. I do what I need to do. He comes home. I'm done with what I need to do, or we do what we need to do together, and then spend time together with the kids in the evening. Yeah, you're spending all the time with them and I don't have a major problem with that because I'm still doing what I need to do just 
it's not on the go all the time like it was before. And part of that is what environment we're in right now with COVID restrictions and stuff. So it's, it's really not been a big issue for us yet. I'm waiting for that moment when he says, okay, I've got to get out of the house. He hasn't hit that mark yet, but we're only four months into this. So <laughs> Tim, do you have anything that you would recommend? Maybe some guidelines, uh, perspective going into a retirement that you would advise? I think the the biggest one I would throw out is this, is I don't think we spend enough time really preparing for the retirement, okay, and, and we can talk about finances, and I'll throw this out too, but I think not only finances, but I think, and I compliment these two ladies because they built their, their marriage on more than just being a police officer's wife. They built on the love they have for that police officer. And so I'm going to throw this at them to, because that, that's the things I would address in that is, you know, the finances. Uh, it's like if, you know, if I, I'll tell either one of them, you know, if we, if we, when they got retired, if I gave them $100,000, would they just have a perfect marriage? If you don't build it for the 30 years when they do, they're going to have issues. But I think for our, our young couples that are out there, maybe just recently retired like uh, Christine and, and, and Heath and, and um, Scott, um, you know, and, and well as the older couples that have, have went in the retirement, you know, how, how did finances impact you, you know, as far as retirement coming up now? And then how did you keep the flame burning for those 30 years? And now that you retired, what are you going to do? Let's start with the from the beginning when they're making dirt cheap wages. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is that they, they make pennies on the dollar realistically. I was making more as a McDonald's manager than Scott was making as a law enforcement officer but that's just part of what we did you you work together to make ends meet and when kids come along you keep doing that it got to a point where my job was paying daycare and that was it that's when you stop and you become a stay-at-home mom I mean you just you do what needs to be done at the stages that it needs to be done because the finances are not something they need to be worried about they, they've got enough to worry about for the time that they're at work I would say the f one thing, um, being a law enforcement officer is not a job. And anybody who takes it because they just need a job, well, they're going to be sorely disappointed anyway because you're not getting this job for the money. You will not be rich doing it. Um, and I knew from the time I started dating David that that was something in him that he wanted to be a cop and that it was a true calling. He was called to be a cop to serve and protect people, and it didn't matter that the money wasn't there. I ended up being in daycare as a teacher's assistant, so I didn't make anything, but that was as close to being a stay-at-home mom and to supplement our money a little bit. So I wasn't constantly at work trying to work a 40-hour shift and shuffle kids around to and from daycare. I was pretty much with them until they went off to school. But even though we didn't make much money, we probably could have um, – planned our finances better through the years and been a little more diligent we sometimes just lived financially by the seat of our pants um and you know, thank goodness after 33 years we're finally you know feeling comfortable and you know not stressing oh my gosh well power is gonna get cut off tomorrow if i don't go pay it where am i gonna get the money i don't know but you know and we've made it um our family slogan is it's all gonna work out it all has worked out all these years every time we thought that things were not that this is it that's gonna break us we're you know we're not gonna be there 
it's all worked out and we've come out, you know, clean. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate that. I want to ask you both ladies, um, <laughs> both ladies. All right, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate that. I want to ask both of you ladies, as you look back over the years, is there anything that you could go back that you would go back and say to your younger self and to these new spouses of law enforcement officers? And I just want to say one of the things that I can pick up on is commitment. Both of you ladies were committed to your spouses, and it's going to take that level of commitment, which is not something we see as a common trait in our society anymore. And we've got some resources we're going to talk about in just a minute for that. But if you can just share looking back with us about some things, and Christine, I'm going to ask you first. Okay. Honestly, what I would say is plan. If you can, if you can put some money back, plan for retirement. Go go with whatever. I mean, like with Alabama, they have RSA one that they can put additional monies into for retirement, which is on top of what they put into retirement out of their paychecks. And we were never told about that. And that is something that every new one that comes in now, we're we're telling them if we know them, you need to do this. Any amount that you can put in is that much more towards retirement, and you're not doing like we did and going, okay, now what do we do? How are we going to do this? Is the power getting cut off? You know, things like that. Wendy? Um, staying committed, which thankfully I was, but anybody coming in, if you made those vows to be married or you said I love you till the end of time, stay committed to that vow. Plan for your future financially, even if it feels like $5, you just can't save that $5 somehow, some way. Stick $5 back here, there, you know, and not spend it. Um, budget your money Um, and then just you know you married this person because you love them Um, the job is just part of it Um, there's other jobs out there that are stressful on families and you know there's no reason that law enforcement has to be the number one divorce rate in the country if you love them you love them no matter what Um, yeah some days you don't like them some days they don't come home but when they do, you hug them, you kiss them, you tell them you love them, and you just stay committed to your family, your relationship, and you know know that you're going to be there together. I hear both of you saying how important it is that you're committed not only to each other, but to the plan and then to the love. So that's really good. A lot of times we don't have, as just a society, the best examples and parents. So a lot of times couples come into these relationships and they're not really sure how to interact with one another. And we've got some resources on our website that will be either... Let me stop. Are they there? We don't know, do we? <laughs> we don't know. Okay, all right. So I'm just... I'm gonna, yeah, okay, yeah. We got, Very good. Very good, very good. We've got some resources that you can, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, here we go. We have some resources available for all of you spouses to look at, but we would like for you to email us and we'll give those recommendations. It's alleapspodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, alleaps.org. And there's something, there's another component of this that the peer support offers, and that's a conference would you encourage spouses to come, starting with you, Wendy, to the Absolutely. conference? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you 
see how many other people really are going through the same thing and a spouse being there hearing the stories from officers from other departments and things they've gone through and how they've survived then hearing from other the therapists that are there with suggestions on how to address those stressors um, the conference is absolutely recommended christine you would as well i most definitely would with the same token that Wendy just mentioned, but just for an instance, just last year when we did the conference and I was attending, one of our department's wives came up to me and gave me the biggest hug and started crying. Mm. And she said she wanted to thank me and Scott for the support that we were able to give them. And this has been years ago that this happened, but she wanted to come up and make sure that we knew that. So there's, there's, instances like that where you don't realize you've touched somebody's life and you do so that it, it's one of those environments wow and that's an annual conference ours is coming up on february 8th and 9th and so just make sure if you can make plans to attend you will really benefit from coming and being a part of that conference. And again, you can find us on Facebook at Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support. We're gonna be posting the dates for that and more comments, but we wanna support you. That's what this podcast is for. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening. For more information and resources, visit our website, alleaps.org. If you have any questions or want to suggest a topic for a future episode, email us at alleapspodcast at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-E-A-P-S podcast at gmail.com. The Alleaps Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Facebook.